Hello, investors. Welcome to yet another edition of 18 Minutes with 180 Markets. Friends, as we're filming at towards the end of 2021, we know that the markets have been very tricky right now. And because of that, we are paying extra special attention at 180 Markets on focusing on great risk-reward relationships in our investments. That says we want to take the least amount of risk for the greatest amount of reward. And that, friends, is why we are so excited today to bring you Phil Hoskins, Managing Director of Marvel Gold, because Marvel has one of the cheapest valuations out there with a huge amount of upcoming catalysts. It has both gold and graphite with explosive potential upside, all at a very good price, as mentioned earlier. And with that introduction and to talk more about it, Phil Hoskins, welcome to 18 Minutes with 180 Markets. Hi, Greg. How are you going? Thanks for having me. Great, Phil. Hey, Phil. People invest in people as much as the projects. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my personal background is, um, is as a chartered accountant. I uh, started at a mid-tier accounting firm, uh, moved to Ernst & Young, uh, spent 10 years in the property development space in Australia and in, uh, and in London. Um, and property development is actually quite similar to mining uh, in terms of going through the feasibility study phase and then a construction phase. Uh, then spent the last 11 years in the mining industry. So firstly, as a, a CFO of an iron ore producer, uh, and then the last uh, seven, eight years in, in roles as a managing director. And uh, principally, that's been developing the graphite asset in Tanzania that we've recently spun off. Um, and more recently, in the last 18 months, um, overseeing the, uh, uh, the gold exploration in Mali. Yeah, and as you said, there's so many parallels with project development uh, between the property side project side or whatever it may be it's about don't you think it's a lot of times about setting up a timeline not only hitting milestones but also planning for contingencies as well yeah absolutely i think the the risks are, are slightly different between a, a property development and a, and a mine uh, finance and um but that it really has set me up i did a lot of debt financings in the property space and understand that it's just about allocating the risk where it needs to lie and um uh, and then, yeah, really working through that on the graphite space and, and in the future in the gold space, um, yeah, really excites me. And that's, uh, that's my, uh, my skill set. Great. And speaking towards Marvel now, can you just tell us a little bit about Mali in Africa and about what has, people may not be so familiar with it from a gold perspective. Can you just give us a little context about Mali and gold and what makes it so exciting? Yeah, look, Mali's had some of the... Um, highest caliber uh, gold discoveries um, uh, in the world. You've had uh, around 100, 100 kilometers from us, you've got the Marilla Gold Mine that was owned by Barrick Gold. Uh, you've got Lulo Gunkoto, um, you've got um, Fakola, uh, which was um, owned by Papillon and, and sold to B2 Gold. So you see these um, really large tier one gold discoveries and, um, and that's what everyone's in this game for. And um, uh, certainly West Africa is, is probably the final frontier for um, well, maybe uh, more cheaply and easily finding some of these uh, really large gold systems. And um, yeah, that's what excites us. Our executive director of uh, exploration, Chris Van Wicks, had a lot of ex uh, expertise in, uh, in West Africa. And um, yeah, he's very driven to, uh, to have a multi-million ounce discovery of his own uh, for marble. Great. And, you know, when everyone hears about West Africa, Nambia, of course, the first thought is, political risk, geopolitical risk. Can you just tell us a little bit more about the geopolitical situation in Mali, number one, and number two, how uh, we can't help but notice the pricing, how cheap 
Marvel seems, and it just seems like so much is in a price already. Yeah, look, um, Mali's been a, a stable country uh, from a mining point of view for uh, for over 30 years. You've had Resolute and I mentioned Barrick and um, B2 Gold and a number of companies operating there for 20, 30 years without any changes in the, uh, the mining law. And that's the most important thing, I think, with a, a lack of um, agriculture or, or tourism, they really are a mining dependent uh, economy. And, um, uh, and so certainly through COVID and, uh, and there was actually a, a military coup there around 18 months ago, even through all those things, the mining industry was, um, uh, was unimpacted. And, um, uh, and in terms of, I think uh, in the year to April this year, um, uh, Mali was uh, sitting number sixth in terms of countries, um, in terms of, uh, I guess, funding or financings for gold exploration. So whilst uh, there can be a perceived uh, political risk at times in West Africa, the size of the prize and that sort of reward trade-off um, is absolutely there. And um, certainly we're down in the, the south of Mali. Um, there's no security issues or anything down there. Um, so yeah, we're, we're very happy to be there. As you said, um, a lot of these things are, are factored into the price. We've, um, uh, we compare ourselves against uh, other ASX listed uh, companies in the region like Oclo Resources and, and Chesa Resources and um, yeah, sit uh, 10 to 15% of their, their valuations on an EV to resource ounce basis. So I think we're, we're relatively new on the block. We're 18 months into our exploration there already north of a million ounces and, and uh, a lot of growth potential. So we certainly feel uh, undervalued, and uh, but we think we're going to be able to do something about it. Great. And can you just tell us, you know, you alluded to it's at a million, you're at a million ounce resource already. Can you just tell us a little bit more about your specific project? Yeah, sure. So it's um, a three kilometer uh, strike length. Um, the resources from surface, um, 1 million or 1.025 million ounces at 1.2 grams per tonne. Um, I mentioned it's from surface um, in one uh, continuous uh, thick load uh, in the southeast and in the northwest, it's a couple of uh, separate loads. So we think it's going to be low strip ratio, which is um, very important to mining costs. Uh, the metallurgy is excellent, so um, we'll have excellent recoveries through uh, industry, industry standard processing. So uh, with that eye on the future, uh, the million ounces we've already got um, is imminently developable. Uh, developable. Uh, you've got 70% of that resource within 150 metres of surface um, as well. So, um, uh, so that's very exciting. And, and I guess from here, it's, it's also more about the regional picture and um, what we've been able to consolidate down in that area. Yeah, and look, you, you've been, Phil, extremely active over the last, call it 18 months or so, putting together this land package. Can you just tell us a little bit about your energy behind it? Yeah, so we started with a 100 square kilometre uh, uh, licence. Um, given the proximity to other operating mines, we, uh, we believe we need to develop our own standalone mining operation here rather than uh, trucking the material to the nearest mine. And so to give ourselves the best chance of doing that, we sought to uh, yeah, consolidate a, a significant land holding uh, surrounding that, that licence. And it's not just consolidating land for the sake of it. Um, there's a, a big controlling structure coming down through the south of Mali known as the Banifan Shear Zone. It's the same shear zone that the seven and a half million ounce Marilla deposit comes off. And so in the regional magnetics, we can see um, a set of disturbed structures or, or sort of second order splay coming off that shear zone. And that's where you wanna be for making gold discoveries. So the fact that it was already a million ounces there 
um, we, we have other known occurrences of gold mineralization. So we set about uh, consolidating that um, in a series of deals, firstly with Oclo Resources, that company I mentioned earlier uh, on the ASX, that was 200 square kilometers uh, bolted onto the, uh, the Western side. Um, and then progressively with Mali and vendors just picking up um, uh, uh, various licenses. And we've now got over 800 square kilometers, which is the um, largest contiguous land holding in Mali. Wow. So you really have a strategy behind it. And that million ounces, may I ask, would you hope to see called over the next couple of years that million ounces grow? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, uh, even around the existing deposit, there's a lot of opportunities where you can see where it's open. Um, we're not going to go back and, and sort of infill, drill and, and chase those things up because I think there'll be incremental uh, from there. Um, what really excites us is across that regional land holding over the last 18 months, we've done all the groundwork with um, multi-element soil geochemistry, with high resolution geophysics, um, to be able to delineate drill targets, very high quality drill targets to, to follow up on. So that, that growth is going to become from um, a lot of sort of near deposit um, exploration, looking to find the next Tabacaroli, another million, another 2 million ounces if we can. Yeah, and I guess that leads us into, you know, over the next call 12 months, Phil, what should investors look for? Yeah, look, on the on the gold side, um, we've got uh, three auger rigs um, and an air core rig um, turning around the clock. So um, uh, there'll be a lot of news flow coming in the first uh, uh, first six months of next year. Um, we'll also uh, dart back and, and do a little bit of drilling around the, the main deposit. So um, I guess with all, with all those drill rigs turning, you're going to see uh, a continuous news flow. Um, and it's high impact news flow. Uh, we're quite confident of making a new discovery this year. Um, and we think that will be an absolute catalyst for, um, for re-rating the company. Uh, on the graphite side, which we haven't spoken about, um, yeah. I'm expecting that there will be a, a, an in-specie distribution of our shares uh, to our shareholders. So we own uh, 50 million shares or 31% of uh, Evolution Energy Minerals Limited, uh, code EV1, uh, which we spun off um, in mid-November. Um, the intention is to, to pass those shares up to our shareholders as well. At this moment, though, for every share of Marvel, you do have a share of, uh, or you have an interest in evolution. Can you just tell us about the graphite project a little bit for investors that may not be so familiar with it? Yeah, sure. Um, it's a, a project that I'm very familiar with. I was um, I there from the, the very first drill hole uh, in 2014 and um, through to getting it fully permitted, completion of a definitive feasibility study. Um, and all of that. So it's uh, one of the coarsest flake graphite projects in the world. Um, for the uninitiated, coarse flake generally leads to a higher sale price. Um, so this will be a very high margin project. Um, and importantly, uh, in spinning this off, we're able to attract um, a, a global ESG fund uh, by the name of Arch uh, Sustainable Resources Fund. Um, and they've come in um, really wanting to drive evolution to uh, becoming a sustainable graphite supplier. And that's where that name evolution came from is that um, everyone understands the evolution on the demand side, um, graphite being used in lithium ion batteries, but there's a real evolution happening on the supply side to go uh, ex China to have sustainable graphite um, with a low carbon footprint. And that's certainly the, uh, the strategy that we're going down. It's construction ready. Uh, we're going to uh, step through the next six months of uh, an ESG framework that Archer put together for us. And at the end of that, uh, towards the back half of 2022, 
uh, we're expecting we'll be in a position to be able to bring in some some big green funds and make a construction decision. Yeah, and Phil, I suppose you know it's a great you know spot to talk about. You know, this is part of your track record as far as being a development manager. That within evolution, within your property development background, are some of those skills again very applicable for Marvel? The gold portion that is. Yeah, absolutely. I think Marvel's. Um, yeah, probably a couple of years behind evolution. Um, I think at the moment, very much in the exploration phase and, and wanting to, to grow that resource into a multi-million ounce resource. But there's no doubt that um, uh, that taking it from a resource through to uh, through to a financing decision is, I guess, the sweet spot of, of my skill set, or certainly I believe that. Um, and um, yeah, absolutely. Having gone through uh, what's been required to get Arch in, to, to have other financiers interested in, uh, in evolution um, is absolutely the process uh, uh, that Marvel will need to go through um, over the next couple of years. Yeah, and Phil, are there any other additional upside components within Marvel that investors should know about? Yeah, I guess we've only spoken about Tabo Caroli and I guess for good reason, it's our, our flagship asset and, and one we're incredibly excited about. Um, but we do have other other properties we brought in, for example, through that deal with Oclo Resources as a 200 square kilometre property called Yan Falila, um, which is 30 kilometres from an operating mine um, owned by Hummingbird Resources. And you've also got uh, the Colin Diaver project, which is further along that Bannerfin shear zone closer to, to Marilla. Um, both are, uh, are earlier stage. Um, Colin Diaver uh, looks really exciting. There's a, a 15 kilometre golden soil anomaly um, running through there. So it's just another one of those things that projects that haven't had a lot of work done to them will apply systematic exploration to them, much lower cost um, exploration to them and, and try to bring them along to the point where they're uh, drill ready and we've got um, got some targets to drill. But right now the focus is Tabacaroli. Um, uh, we'll, we'll do the earlier stage work on those projects and um, uh, they'll need to, to stack up in terms of the quality of targets before we uh, stick a drill hole in them. Yeah, and again, does that come back to managing marvel as far as what is the priority what is secondary what is tertiary and so forth and so on is that critical in your mind where sometimes some companies they almost get spoiled with choice and they just don't know where to focus yeah look i, I definitely don't want to be a, a company that takes a scattergun approach to everything i think you need to rank and prioritize with a limited pool of funds you need to prioritize what is going to add the most value uh, to our share price and um my view at the moment with with the million ounces base load already at Tabacaroli, then adding more ounces around there is going to add more value than say the first 10,000 ounces at a, at a new project. Um, obviously um, uh, a new discovery on a completely new property. Um, uh, when you look at what adds value to things, new discoveries are that, that exploration phase or that discovery phase is where you can get a real kick. So at the same time, if we've got good targets coming out of the work that we're doing there, um, we owe it to ourselves to, to have a look at those or, or bring out other people in uh, to do that for us. Um, but I think the good thing about all those projects, they're all within an hour of Baguni as a sort of uh, a base. Um, and so we sort of really are focused on, on the south of Mali moving forward as a sort of geography, if you like. Yeah, great. Hey, Phil, we have to keep these interviews short, unfortunately. Do you have any closing remarks for the audience at this point? Yeah, look, I think it's like you said at the start, um, we, um, through this spin-off uh, process with Evolution, we've, uh, we're sitting on a, an investment worth $22, $23 million. We've got a million ounces of gold um, 
so you've got the two different commodities, but it doesn't matter which which way you're looking at it. You're almost getting one of them for free. And certainly, I think it's one of those things. I don't know whether it's Christmas or or what it is, but maybe the market has uh, has overlooked it. I think when we can announce this in specie distribution, it will become a much more clear investment proposition to everyone. And um, certainly, looking forward to to both companies staying on their own two feet and um, adding value to all our shareholders through 2022. Excellent. Phil, definitely stay in touch and we'll be sure to watch you. Great. Thanks for your time, Greg. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching another presentation by 180 Markets. Don't forget, if you want access to thousands of ASX capital raises, head on over to 180markets.com.au, sign up and get on board for our very next capital raise. Thanks for watching.